0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience. This episode is brought to you by my company, OneCircle Media. OneCircle Media is a full-service media agency servicing networks, studios, brands, and Fortune 500 clients. OneCircle creates content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com. And OneCircleBrand.com If you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com or DM me on Instagram at John Brancaccio. And that's J-O-H-N-B-R-A-N-C-A-C-C-I-O I'd love to hear from you. OneCircle not only creates media across multiple platforms such as TV, digital video, social media, websites, and apps for clients, but we also create original content for consumers. One of our latest projects is Still Believe. Still Believe is an app that transforms pictures into video of children's favorite magical characters in their home. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy leaving money under their children's pillow, or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film virtual effects artists to transform your picture into your still-believe video to amaze your children. You can tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the Tooth Fairy and Santa, and then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share on social media. The app is free to download and also has in-app purchases. So for $3, you can catch the tooth fairy in your home. The Still Believe app is available for the iPhone on the App Store and Android on Google Play. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Of the working experience.
1: The working experience. 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the. Stand that. clear of the closing doors, please. Ah, uh, yeah, folks. We're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, need to record ASAP. Where
0: are we on that presentation? Man,
1: HR wants to see you. Did
0: you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You need to stay late,
1: Teamwork makes the dream work. They're <laughs> moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, oh what's that? He was shoving wow. at the <laughs> I, can't take I, can't. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey, everybody. This is Maddie Kay. And John. And it is November 10th at ten sixteen AM. As usual, I will report on the weather, which is murky and raining again.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. It, we should always start every podcast off with the weather. Well, it hooks people it's in. A, it it brings them right in. And I think um <laughs> I think uh right in Malibu, California, I think is burning to the ground. Is it? Isn't that what yeah, I believe uh There are some wildfires that are going out of control, so uh, everybody is fleeing from their
1: mansions to the beach. You know, uh, the weather in the Northeast is not ideal. You know, we have... uh, The winters can be a little harsh. I think it was two winters ago or three, uh, we had so much snow, it was unreal. We had like, you know, 25-foot piles from the plows. However, we do not get earthquakes, mudslides, wildfires... Uh, there's not a lot of infestation. We don't get tornadoes. I kind of consider myself fairly lucky, you know. I would agree with that. It
0: is. Uh, I would not want to be uh, in my home as a uh, as the smoke bellows over the roof and fires are uh, going to burn my house down. Uh, that doesn't sound like a fun a fun time.
1: Now, do you see myself, you know, whenever there's a hurricane, they call for people to evacuate. I I think I would be one of those people who just stays in the house out of sheer inertia. Like I, I just can't see myself packing up and getting on the highway and evacuating.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it down. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, it reminds me of uh, we, um, in my early twenties, I rented a house in Fire Island, Um, which is kind of like the, the poor man's Hamptons. And it's a, it's a barrier island on the South shore of Long Island. And this was back, this was back before, like, it's back when people read books and there was a book in the house about the hurricane of like 1932, I think. And it was category five that hit and it was, evacuate, everyone had to evacuate the island. I think the Coast Guard came in, evacuated everything, everyone, except for one guy who, and this was his recount, this book. He tied himself to, I guess there was a post that went up and down his house. He tied himself to the post of his house. The hurricane hit He woke up the next morning, and his house was three miles from the foundation. Oh, Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And the two bottom floors of his house were gone.
1: Wow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I've never, I mean, we've had, you know, like kind of minor hurricanes up here, nothing compared to like. What's been going on in Florida and North Carolina and all of that, and yeah, it's like wildfires out west, and I, you know, it's been raining a lot here, but nothing, nothing like that. So
0: um, yeah, it's I mean weather, and I think too everything is accelerating due to. Uh, climate change. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. uh, That's a liberal, that's a
1: liberal fabrication. It's a farce. Yeah. It's uh, the Chinese, (laughs) it's the Chinese Chinese made it up. Yeah. Yeah. The Chinese made it up. Was that a Trump (laughs) thing? Did he say that? I'm pretty sure it was Trump. You know, it's
0: amazing. It's amazing that anyone, every, everyone is so hypercritical about what people do and say, and you can do the slightest, um, You know, the the slightest infraction, you could be fired from your job, like some of the most ridiculous stuff. Yet the president can say the most outlandish, bold faced lies and then Fox News will agree
1: with them. It's
0: just it's amazing.
1: Well, I think like his his base and we talked about this last week and, uh, you know, I don't like to rag on people who voted for him. As a whole, because we talked about some people really seem to do it out of desperation. But his base, they don't care if it's a lie or not. It, it doesn't matter to them. Like the Chinese made up climate change; they made it up. Like, okay, fine. You know, we'll we'll do we'll go with that. It's sort of like okay, right, right. I guess we'll right. we'll go with that. Well, to to get into our topic today, part of our topic anyway is the NFL, and. Um, I've been reading this book. I'm almost done with it by Mark Leibowitz who wrote a book. Uh, he's mostly a political writer and I can't remember the name of the book. It was called the party or something like that. Uh, kind of, you know, about Washington DC. And then he's a big football fan. He's a big Patriots fan. I think he grew up. I know he grew up in this area. And um, so he writes about the league as a business, um, how it runs the commissioners, I, I did a lot of the stuff I didn't know. There are thirty-two commissioners, and um, and he talks. He devotes a good chunk of it to Tom Brady. Tom Brady has really been trying to brand himself beyond football with his uh, TB12 diet and all of that, and and how he is still playing, you know, very high level football at the age of forty-one, and um, which is imp- which is quite impressive. I mean, it's unique. I don't think it's, it's never happened before. So, you know, like, I don't, I'm not a big sports fan. I don't really care. But just, you know, to look at it objectively, like, you know, the proof is kind of in the pudding. I mean, the guy's playing football. His, his guy is um, Guerrero is his last name. I forget his first name. And I guess he has kind of a tenuous connection to the team. He's sort of Brady's guy. And he also works with some of the other players. But he he's Brady's, like, TB12, the whole limber thing, which is, um, like, Brady's whole thing is not lifting weights. And when you read it, some of it makes sense. Like, they talk about it in this book where, you know, some guy tore his muscle and they're, like, telling him to get back into the weight room to to bulk it up. Whereas Brady's whole thing is, and it comes from Guerrero, is you keep your muscles insanely limber like I guess his stretching regimen is very intense and that's he says pliability is his big thing and he, he claims this is why he's been able to play football uh, you know uh, t- at the age of 41 at the level he's playing and he, he also has this diet this crazy kind of or it sounds crazy but you know again it can't be that crazy if he's playing football at the age of 41 well
0: I mean he his diet is insane uh, it's i believe it's gluten free uh like super high in protein 100% plant based and then very very little soy so and, and i think you can like you know you can look up like exactly exactly what it is on the uh, uh, on the internet i think he also sells
1: like a program like you can the have book like have meals delivered he, he has a book yeah. called tb12 which book. is like a 100 bucks – uh right and then I guess it was I don't know if they actually did the meal thing yet but it, this whole thing is like you know I think a business after football
0: yeah no no I I just I just looked it up it's yeah TV twelve performance meals in partnership with Purple Carrot ah. so you can you can subscribe for seventy eight bucks a week and eat what Tom Brady eats and and I'm sure you'll also you know subscribe to this listeners. And then maybe uh, give it maybe a month, and then try out for the NFL. I'm sure
1: <laughs> I'm sure it will go smoothly. At the age of uh, I'm 45, I think I'd throw my hat in the ring. You know oh, how you know how funny would that be? Hey, I know
0: you and I, I showed up out to the, like the NFA, NFL tryouts.
1: Yeah, well, I knocked out 50 push-ups yesterday, so I'm pretty much at peak performance level. So it really should be a no problem, problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know
0: you're like talking trash, yeah, like yeah,, nah, no problem. See,
1: my thing is uh, it's sort of the Tom Brady thing. My thing is I'm kind of doughy. So when I get hit, <laughs> my body kind of you know it's not it's not cracking like an eggshell. It's going with the flow of the blow. You understand what I'm saying? Right. It's absorbing the impact. See, it's I, like an airbag. Exactly.
0: See, I should really that's how you. That's myself. how you got to pitch. That's right. That's how you got to pitch it <laughs> to the coaching staff. Just be like, I am a high performance airbag.
1: That's
0: right. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I can go out on the field and I can take a hit
1: like nobody's business. Nobody's business, you know, because I'm very pliable. <laughs> I'm very. <laughs> now I am very pain adverse, though. However, so I don't know. We'll have to see how that all works out. But that that is kind you, of the. You should. Go ahead.
0: Sorry, you should do like very similar. You take a page out of Brady's playbook and create a meal regiment for your doughiness. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you. You've got to eat a certain amount of donuts. Pudding. A lot got of to, pudding. <laughs> a lot of pudding. And you got you got to wash that all down with soda.
1: Yeah. Well, see, the Coffee, thing is. amounts of soda. My New Year's resolution the past couple of years was to, to gain 25 pounds just to put it on, you know, and uh, not muscle or anything, just gain 25 pounds. And as our mutual friend Tony said, anybody can lose weight. You just stop eating. You know, to, right. to gain weight, you got to eat, you got to sit down, you got to gotta eat, you got to eat, Yep. you got to go to the store, you got to buy the chips and the soda and McDonald's. That's big. That'd be big on weight gain. But uh, yeah, so, um, so the book is about that it touches on that. It also, uh, well, not just touches on Tom Brady does feature pretty prominently. They talk about deflate gate, which was the most ridiculous, you know, you would have thought our constitution was being torn up or that they were talking about establishing a dictatorship the way they talked about deflated footballs. I mean, when you look back at it, of course, it was, you know, I would hear all about this on sports radio and things um, in New England and obviously had a different perspective. But, I mean, we just stepped back from it. Having Congress get involved in this and potentially the Supreme Court. And and I, I link it to, like, uh, the steroid use in baseball when they, you know, people were up testifying before Congress. And it's like, yes, don't you it's, have it's, anything it's, else to do?
0: Yeah, it's, re- it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And yet we'll, like, you know... We'll, we'll tour will families apart. Immigration at the borders, but and it'll yes. get like uh, it'll be on like page eight of the news. Who, who reads a newspaper anymore? But yeah. it's amazing, like what what we focus in on and the attention of like the uh, was it pounds per square inch of a, of a football? Yeah. I mean, really, guys. Right. Come on. Right. I mean,
1: the whole th- this is <laughs> big big conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But then you you look at it from their perspective and like, you know, people lost a lot of money, some people, and um, it just, you know, it it the whole like kind of business end of sports, that's what always gets me is that like, you know, I like to watch a good football game, but uh, I'm not really a fan of baseball. I don't think I've ever sat through a whole baseball game, but I, I kind of like the ethos of it. Like, I like reading about baseball, like... Richard Ben Kramer wrote a really great book about Joe DiMaggio and and all of that, but um, these books are kind of fascinating just because of like the business aspect of it and how much billions and billions of dollars and all Roger Goodell's job is the you know the the commissioner, and it's an interesting setup because like he works for the owners. I mean, they they elect him or appoint him or, or hire him or whatever it is. But he's also supposed to be, like, imposing discipline. And his whole thing is, essentially, at bottom line, he's supposed to increase revenue. And these guys make billions. They are billionaires. And they want more. They want to increase yeah. to, like, $25 billion, I think he said it is his goal, for, like, Two thousand twenty. I mean, it's just, it's nuts.
0: Yeah, it it really it really is insane the amount of money at stake and and wealth uh, that these these owners have, and it's almost like this, you know, like like Roman esque, you know, gladiator battles, and it's this male dominated, you know you know, egocentric uh, sports drama that plays out. But you know what? We should, let's, let's put this, you know, as always, we, Matt and I ramble on. And we never really uh, define what this podcast, this specific episode's about. More John
1: More John's fault than mine. According according to Lindsay anyway, in Alabama. Yeah, Lindsay. (laughs) I hope Lindsay is still listening to this podcast and
0: at this moment (laughs) is drafting a very lengthy
1: review about about us. And as usual is is spot on. uh, Spot on. Spot on. Well, to hone and in, I once, guess, uh, to what you were saying, um, it, it's sort of the business of the NFL. Like the, the thing is that we we were, I think, getting to it was you know just the amount of money, the marketing, uh, how these players are seen. Like one one owner, famous. He's he's dead now. I I can't remember his name, but it, it was back in the seventies, maybe or the sixties. But he said uh, to the players' association to the players. And he, you know, said this publicly about the players, we're the ranchers and you're the cattle. And that's how we saw it. Like, you know, these guys are in really, really rough physical shape by the time they're 30 or 40. They've had knee replacements, hip replacements, not to mention CTE and all of that. And, um, you know, they were just kind of like this owner's perspective. And I guess a lot of owners is, uh, you know you this is what you signed up for so you know that's it yeah it's it's really i think it's a, a major issue
0: that uh, the nfl is facing is you know you, you have a sport right now where they're they're running you know they're doing studies where they're you know they're actually finding that players as young as you know in grammar school and high school if they play and then they stop they can they still could be affected by these concussion diseases which is which is scary at that level essentially at a youth level they you know you you could later in life experience you know these traumatic you know brain symptoms and you see like i see like you know, players that we grew up with. Uh, I see it on um, HBO Sports and ESPN. These guys are, they're skeletons of what they once were. They have brain injuries, they can't talk, they can't remember stuff. And it's just, it's just horrific. And then it's like, how do you, how do you like solve that problem? You know, you I know they're doing like helmets with like sensors in it, but every time... A player gets hit; it's a bad hit. It's like a car crash, and it's like you're, and it's worse if they go back in with that concussion. If they get a concussion and they go back in, they continue to play. It even gets worse. Well, so and there's there's billions at stake for you know the NFL to fight this, and there are sponsorships and there are you know stadiums, hundreds of millions of dollars. Like how do how do we as a society, you know an NFL sports fan feel about, you know, players that could, you know, you know, essentially, you know, die an early death or die a terrible death for our enjoyment. And the you know, same goes for boxing, MMA, you know, it's not, it's not just the NFL
1: no or no, hockey for that, no. for that. He does some, yeah football is born much of the brunt of this and um you know maybe rightfully so but he does talk a lot about the concussion issue the nfl just doesn't want to talk about it i mean they they just don't uh roger goodell famously said you can get hurt sitting on your couch you know (laughs) he was just kind of like well you know that's that's just the way that it is and to be honest when i watch a football game like I never think about it. Never really. It only i it only occurs to me when I read about it. Um, I don't. You know, it's they're not like being forced to play. You know, I guess some people would see it as, and it's they make a lot of money doing it. And you could say, well, I mean, there was the one guy two or three years ago. He quit. He had played two years and he quit. And uh, he had a math degree from Stanford. So I mean, he had options. But he just said, "Look, I don't want to be, be brain dead at oh, the oh yeah, of yeah,
0: that's right. I uh, yeah. I remember reading that article. I don't know what the the guy's name was, but yeah, it's not Junior right. Seo,
1: is it? Was that him or does he still no. play? I don't really remember, but I don't I don't remember. He was good. But yeah, too. he basically he was, he was a good player. Yeah,
0: he was really good, and he looked, you know, he looked at the evidence. Yeah, and you know, you know, almost you know from like." He's like, look, this is what this is what the science is saying. This is what the studies are saying. This is
1: inherently dangerous. Like, this, it's just, it's not worth it. But, you know, all the and, high schools around me, and, I mean, I live in, you know, Massachusetts. We're not, a, like, really known for football. But all the high schools around here have football teams. And I can't imagine any of them saying we weren't going to have them anymore. And parents still have their kids play. But I know friends of ours, I don't know how you feel about it, but... Uh, one friend of ours has two boys, and he said they're not going to play football. Like he just, it's like it's not.
0: Yeah, same. Not worth same it. thing with us. I mean, we have all the schools have football programs, um, and you know they're still, you know, parents are still putting the boys out. But yeah, my <clears throat> my two sons will not play football. Like I'll let them play like flag football. Yeah, uh, but I won't let them play. Um, I won't let them play tackle football.
1: Well, you know the the writer had a good. I don't know if it was his theory, but um, in this age of, like, technology and not a lot of people do physical labor anymore and, you know, physical toughness, you know, after you, like, are 20 years old, that d- doesn't really matter that much. I mean, you're not ever really doing anything that is, you know, going to demand that you, you know, fist come to fisticuffs or, or even that you have to work 12 hours hard labor or whatever. So football is this real sort of pseudo tough guy outlet, like the people I see driving pickup trucks. I'm like, you don't use that Dodge Ram for anything practical. You just like being in it is really what it is. It's like, you know, kind of the small penis syndrome, you know, like. Well, I I think that I I like how you just uh,
0: generally crapped on every guy who's driving a a pickup truck. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Just a broad based statement. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's the the sport is ingrained in the American ethos Toughness. and it's one of the reasons why, you know, we call it football, you know, if, if football in the rest of the world, so what was it 8 billion people minus 350 uh, Americans. So what is that? Like 7.6 billion people. You tell them, Oh, we're going to go play football. That's, soccer to us yeah so we're so um you know what's the what's the word i'm looking for you know we're so arrogant to just it's like no this this is our game this is our word and i think that it just goes back you know it's like even when i was a kid you know my dad played football and i was you know i was I was just, I wasn't big enough, you know, I wasn't strong enough, I guess. Um, but, you know, if I was, I would have played football, you know, and, and this, this was back in the, you know, uh, late eighties, right? I guess early nineties. Um, but it, it really, the sport has a all American, uh, you know, ethos about it. You, like you see like the military, you got flyovers, the national anthem. It's almost like a national and it all culminates into the Super Bowl, yeah, which is coming up. what is it? It's end of January, right? Yeah, it's getting in February, super, something like but that. But I mean, it is you know over a hundred million people tune into that. I think in America, and then globally, I, I think it's hundreds of millions. And it's this big pageant of you know winning the Super Bowl uh, ring and you know Budweiser, you know all the large advertisers. Budweiser and everyone's, you know, displaying their commercials to sell more
1: beer, hot dogs and cars. Yeah. So while well, selling pickup trucks to men with small penises is what, no. a, <laughs> <laughs> is what, it, what happens. I should We've probably lost. I should probably We've narrow that lo- focus to people who drive Hummers. 'Cause that that is Hummers, the dumbest yes. thing ever. I mean,
0: come on, let's that is that is that is dumb thing, but yeah. I think we've just lost all our viewers, our present viewers with pickup trucks. Yeah. Viewers, I'm which, sorry, listeners, and all fu- future listeners. Which must know num- so I know listen, I I know uh, I know I know guys with pickup trucks that actually use the pickup truck for the intended purpose oh. and not not um not to overcompensate for something. Uh huh. But I've also seen small penises. I've 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 also seen. I think what you're what you're going after and what I've seen is the guy in the pickup truck that is elevated fifteen feet off the ground. Yeah, right. Right. With the with the huge tires and the lights. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You know. That guy is not. You know. Uh, moving dirt or you know throwing bricks in the back or trees or he's doing nothing but just sitting above
1: everybody else thinking everybody's an idiot right aka like the Hummer driver a liberal wussy who's driving in his Subaru Outback which I drive (laughs) that's uh yeah well no my my neighbor I have a Subaru Outback too oh you do yeah I love it it's great I got a 2018 I got it like six months ago it's wonderful uh, Hey, let me, let me, let me just like a little side on the, and we're not, we're not being sponsored by
0: Subaru, but if Subaru, if you want to reach out to us, yeah, please do so, we yeah, would be happy so. to, I'll be happy. I, um, you know, prior to this is I had, um, I had foreign cars. Um, I had, um, a, a Land Rover. Uh, which was the biggest piece of crap car you could possibly buy? Really, the thing broke down after yeah after forty thousand miles. The freaking wheels fell off. Land Rovers they're and they're not inexpensive either. No, they're not. Wow. They're not inexpensive. I, I bought into the whole marketing hype. Yeah, and now we have uh, have a Honda Pilot and a Subaru Outback, possibly the two most reliable cars <laughs> on the road. And I bought the Subaru Outback because my my brother had a Subaru Outback for twelve years, had two hundred and ninety five thousand miles on oh it. Oh my god! And was, it was still running, and he was still able to sell it for four grand. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. So the car is you just you change the oil, you rotate the tires, and then you change the tires every fifty thousand miles, and that car will just keep on going.
1: Yeah, I was working at a school, and um, I was driving my dad's, tw- I, you know, I lived in New York for 20 years in the city. I never owned a car. And then I moved up here, had to get one. So I was driving, he couldn't drive anymore. I was driving his old Toyota Camry, which that thing was a workhorse. I mean, it, it, it would have kept going. It was 14 years old, and then it was kind of riding a little soft on the axles, and so I decided 14 years, okay, you know. So then I got the the Outback. But uh, yeah, this guy, when I was talking about it, this guy I was teaching with, same thing. He had a Super Outback, 250,000 miles on it, said it runs great. And I was like, okay, well, that's... Uh, yeah,
0: the, the Japanese know what they're doing. They do. Um, no, my neighbor right, so, Rob so has, a, to-
1: has a pickup truck and he uses it for the appropriate purposes. So no, it's not everybody. It's just this like... You know, they have the Ford Super Duty, which looks like a tank. I mean, the thing is, like, massive. Like, you could run it through a brick wall. And, you know, it's just become sort of um, the American staple. Uh, but anyway, back to the NFL. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting is the reporting that goes along. This guy, Adam Shifter. I don't know if I'm saying his Shifter. He uh he's Twitter. He only reports via Twitter, and I guess he's on ESPN. He has a show on uh, every so often. He's one of these guys who like, uh, you know, he sleeps like four hours a night. Like he gets nuggets is what he does. So he goes to, um, like the the commission has a meeting between the Super Bowl, and then the next season. So they'll always meet in Florida. And the funny thing about the beginning of this book, they always met it at one place called the, the Beachhead, I think it was called, which is very, right. very posh, very, very... Uh, You know, sophisticated and all that. Well, this year, when this book was written, or when uh, the author Liebowitz was down there, they were meeting in Boca Raton, which the owners found apparently very low rent. They didn't like this, (laughs) and they were not. They weren't happy with. I mean, he talks about these billionaires like they are a weird breed. They are a very strange group of people. Like their haircuts, the way they dress. The way they, like, they think, one of them said, uh, or it was either the author or someone he interviewed said, they all have the same idea that they know everything. Like, even outside of their business or whatever, they know everything. Like, they know how to do anything. Like, movies or accounting or pottery or whatever it would be, they know it. And they just sort of... Take the idea that some of these guys are self-made, some are not. That was kind of interesting too. Like some of these teams have been in families for you know some generations. Others of these guys are self-made. They're all Republican. Uh, they a lot of them supported Trump. Uh, very conservative. They're all white men. Uh, no, there's one woman who I think took it over. I think the Green Bay Packers. Maybe she took it over from her husband. And then I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only publicly owned team. They have like 300-something 300 shareholders, 300,000 shareholders, maybe 350,000, which creates kind of an interesting dynamic in that that city. Um, but uh, yeah, he so he goes to these things, Adam Schefter, and he gets what are called nuggets. And nuggets are like any little thing he can glean about like Somebody's going to be traded or is somebody's knee healing properly or whatever it could be. Someone has a concussion, whatever. And he tweets these and it's all about getting that nugget first. And apparently he's the best at it. So he has millions of Twitter followers and uh, I guess he does work for ESPN, probably makes a pretty hefty chunk of change, Um, lives on Long Island, but he's, he's always all over the place. Following this around, and it just even just reading about it caused my blood pressure to rise because it was like, this guy is just always he's he carries two phones, he's always got one in each hand going, checking one, tweeting always. on the other, yeah, always, yeah, he's like the kind of guy we used to joke about about like the phone and the this and the like that's him that's Adam Schefter like he, he's the guy and he's always got the nugget he's always you know got got that so. Um, And then the other interesting. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: It it always amazes
0: me the um, amount of time and mental energy that people will spend on sports, you know, and and they don't, you know, from keeping track of the stats to reading articles to listening to radio podcasts, you name it just an inordinate amount of time of like their, you know, following their team, which is, you know, it's like, like you take the, the giants, right? The New York giants. It's like, all, and I think I made this point before in the podcast is like, all those guys didn't like grow up and live in New York. Right. It's like these guys are from all over the country and they were drafted to create this team. That's basically fueled by money. So like the more money you have, the, better team you're going to get because the longer the contracts, the better the players. It's like with like, you know, with soccer, it's like with the world cup, this is, and it's, uh, it was soccer football, uh, which let's call it international football. It's like when you watch the world cup, it's like, you're watching Argentina play Spain. It's like, okay, well, everybody who was born in Argentina is playing. Everybody who was born in Spain. And I, and I realized that the Euro league and, you know, with football, it's the same thing. They, they amass these teams with, you know, wh- whoever has the most money gets the, the best players. And obviously there's coaching involved and all that good stuff, but like to, and I have friends who their day, their week, their month is ruined because their team lost. I, I, I can't i can- I can't well i actually I can fathom it because I used to be a like a rabbit fan when I was younger where I would get so into these games and I would actually bet on games, and that's a whole nother conversation is the the gambling behind these games, but you know now i just i don't I don't have the time and i really i just really
1: don't I don't really care
0: about it that much,
1: yeah plus you, you're you don't want to lose the kids college tuition on the super oh that's Bowl.
0: oh well, that's going on uh, this sunday's that's game that's right uh, if uh, if uh, i don't even know who's playing this sunday but i to say if the bills don't win
1: uh, Aiden and connor are not going to college you know what kills me and i i see this in new hampshire uh you know the the 99 restaurant yes yeah they have um This sign, and I don't know if they do it in the different regions for the different baseball teams, but they had this sign out at the one, it's outside of Littleton, New Hampshire, and it says, and I've seen it at another one, too. It says, uh, if the Red Sox win, kids eat free. So I I was thinking it's just like daddy are we going to eat at the re-? well that's kind of up to the yeah. head you know uh
0: yeah. whatever yeah da- daddy's uh, daddy's uh, 10 beers uh, deep and and uh, budweiser yeah. he's like slurring on the uh, the lazy boy chair yeah. he's like what? If they don't win, we're not eating tonight. <laughs> throwing stuff. It's up to David Price, kids. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, yeah. You know. the kids are watching. them <laughs> praying to God that they throw
1: a touchdown pass. Eat at the ninety-nine restaurant. <laughs> oh, but yeah, good God. No, you know it's funny because like um, my my dad was like never a sports fan, which is probably why I'm not. He liked college sports, but he didn't really like pro sports and. You know, he just said, like, the thing that always got him was the we're number one or we won. It's like you were sitting at home on the couch. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) We won. Plus, the other thing is, like, these things are totally out of my control. Like, why am I going to get depressed over something that I had no control? Like, whether the Patriots win or they don't. Like, I mean, what, what control do I have over any of this? Like, I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I guess if some Yeah, it's... it's uh, You know,
0: I think it's like... It, you're right. It's, I think it's like handed down from like father to son. Yeah. You know, where it's... I, and I shouldn't even say father. I mean, the mother, uh, you know, could also be like... Her family could be like... Or she or her family could be a huge, you know, Jets fan or 49ers fan. And then, you know, they're watching the games and then that's instilled, you know, into their, their offspring. But, <clears throat> you know... Oh, that's look, definitely I, true.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I know people. We know people like that. I knew somebody. If the Giants oh, lost, he would just be in the biggest funk, and I could never understand yeah. it. I could just I was just like, why do you care that
0: much? Like, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, it's like constantly complaining. I mean, I see it in New York sports, and I'm sure you see it in Boston sports. I mean, you know, the Yankees, the Mets, and it's always too. It's like I'll still. I'll still do it like to create like conversation. It's, you know especially in like business or with friends. It's like they I have to be able to speak intelligently on the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees and the Mets, the Rangers. I mean the list goes on and on. And I have to be aware of like what games were played, the Knicks. You mean if you're if you're talking if, to a client or something like that, uh, it could be a client. It could be a friend. Just to make conversation. Uh, I just, just, to, just to hold up my end of the conversation and to make up conversation. See, I you can't. Know, I, I don't know.
1: I mean, I just both. have to flat out say I don't know. Like what? Like what? The Red Sox won. Well, obviously they won the World Series. Even I knew that. But they had won a game to get into the World Series, which I wasn't aware of. And I teach high school, so you know, I have a lot of high school boys. They're like, oh, Mister Kerr, what do you think about that? I'm like, oh, I guess they're not doing too badly, huh? And they're like, they're in the World Series, And like, oh, okay. Like, and I'm like, guys, yeah, right, right. I can't <laughs> fake it. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I
0: basically, I'll just tune in enough where I, I can just speak, you know, I, just like I, I'm in the know because. Um, it would just. It would actually. You know, it's sad, but it would reflect poorly on me.
1: Yeah, no, you know, no. If, if you're I, in certain businesses, but, I, but it,
0: as we as we get into the conversation, I'll, I will tell them that I could care less. Yeah. yeah. About it, but you know what? Too if um, if I'm bringing a client to a game or I'm invited to a game, I will generally enjoy that um, uh, that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm with my if my kids or if I'm with my friends or I'm with my friends and my kids, and they're bringing their friends. I just won't, uh, you know, I won't watch it
1: on TV, you know. Hey, your audio just got real funky. Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, Sorry, just my... uh... No, I know. Like, we have friends who are are real sports fans. Like, our friend Jay, like, he is way, way... You know, he used to work for the XFL. Remember the XFL? Right. And they, they were so... I thought that was so weird because it was like... You were just supposed to be instant fans of this team. And they had all these stupid rules and they had, like, these dumb names... And they, it was just the worst of, like... I mean, I always admired Jay for getting into it because he's that kind of guy. Like, he's he's been very successful over the years. And he's always been willing to, like, try new things, throw himself into new ventures. And it lasted a year, you know, and, and it was what it was. But it was just sort of like trying to create that instant fan base where it's like, you know, there a lot behind a lot of these teams, there is tradition, there's, you know... It, it might be a bit of a facade these days, but... Um, you know, they were just trying to create this instantaneous fan base, and it was just like nobody was that into yeah, well, it, you know. I mean, with I mean, Jay
0: also worked for Barstool Sports, right? That's right, yeah, which, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but they kind of like blown up, yeah. You know, they started, uh, I think they're like a website and an app, and it's basically, I think they have podcasts. Uh, It's a, you know, it's for, they started out with individual like city teams and reached out to those rabbit fans and then created, you know, YouTube shows around it, podcasts, the website, and they, they're growing like gangbusters. But I, and I think he was the, at the time he was, he was pretty high up there. I think a buddy of his started it, but now I think he's moved on. Yeah, But, you know, there's, there's real money behind sports. I mean, I used to work on, uh, I used to work for ESPN. I worked on a show called The Life, which would follow uh, professional athletes. Uh, I did a show on Shaq. Uh, I did a show on, you know, boxers, um, race car drivers. You know, this was a long time ago, but, you know, and ESPN at the time was pretty much like at the pinnacle of their, um, of success you know that it was i think that they were at the time they were still owned by disney and abc or disney bought abc but anyway they contributed billions of dollars to their bottom line now i think they're kind of
1: they're, they're still huge but they're kind of trying to like find their way um, they've laid off uh they were talking about this on the sports radio up here apparently they laid off a lot of people on espn like because they just they're like every other media outlet. They're just becoming like uh people out in the field with their phones just kind of tweeting stuff out. And well, this guy Adam Schefter is kind of the big dog with that, but well, it's
0: also too and also Barstow Sports. Right. I mean they're yeah
1: they're eating their
0: lunch and they're doing it, you know, for a fraction of the cost. Right. And you're right, they're doing it with just they're doing it with new mediums and you know, ESPN is very um, you know, it's very old school in a sense where, you know, you, I think you pay, I think for for your basic cable package, you would pay another $5 for ESPN, another 7 or $8. And it used to be that one package. And then, that, you know, you couldn't, like you couldn't not have ESPN. You had to buy it. Right. Now you can you can choose your cable a la carte. Some people are cutting the cord and they're doing without
1: ESPN. And it's really it's really hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. I will have to say my uh, favorite Red Sox player is David Price and this is because he, he's the pitcher, you know and uh, one of the pitchers. And he, he said during the season he didn't do well in a game because he had minor carpal tunnel syndrome from playing Fortnite. <laughs> this is a guy getting paid like 30 million dollars a year and he said well you know I, I I was playing video games and uh another time he had that's hilarious he had allergies his allergies were acting up badly and and then he would be asked like what do you think about Boston's fans and playing in Boston he was kind of like yeah it's all right you know like <laughs> He wouldn't like to, and now he, he basically won the World Series for them. So he, he was very happy about that. But uh, to get back to the kind of the business aspect of it um, or the, the NFL stuff, uh, just because we were talking about concussions, I think it was Tony Dorset that the author, Mark Liebwich ran into at. they have the Hall of Fame thing, which apparently is its own. Money making entity And they call them The gold blazers They all wear these Gold blazers And um, He said he was Talking to Tony Dorsett About This one Play Back in the 90s And And Dorsett could Remember All of the details Of that But he needs Somebody with him Because He's had such Significant trauma That He can't remember What happened 10 minutes ago Like he can't Yeah He can't function Without some Without a minder Essentially And it's like all that money and all that fame isn't going to buy any of that back, you know? And it's like, I don't care what... I heard some doctor saying he doesn't care what helmet they design. Nothing stops the brain from rattling in the skull when you take a hit from a 250-pound man going full speed at you with the sole intention of knocking you on the ground. Like, you just can't, you know... And I think people are bigger they're faster like the turf that they play on is faster it's just a, a lot like harder hitting you know
0: yeah there's i mean there's a long list of you know NFL players who are just in a really you know crappy situation for lack of a better term that they're just you know, they they have, they have short term memory loss uh, they have chronic pain, and the NFL has pretty much turned a blind eye to them. They just they just don't want to deal with
1: it. Well, there's depression uh, and the suicides. I mean, there's been you know people who have uh, yeah they you know committed suicide and all of that, and it's just like Jesus.
0: Yeah, what, what was that? Um, what was that movie that was made? Concussion. I think it was Will Smith. Was it? it was concussion? There's a whole section yeah, in this so, book
1: about that, about the NFL's response to it, and. They were kind of instrumental in the movie not doing as well as it maybe would have, it, because they have a lot of power. Obviously, they got a lot of money, and they they had they had kind of a marketing campaign against it. So, yeah, there's I mean, there, the studies are pretty pretty
0: bleak. You know, like the you know what percentage of former NFL players have CTE? Yeah, uh, and you know that was they found ninety nine percent former NFL players that were studied had CTE yeah. uh, uh, you know they, they examined the brains of 111 NFL players and 110 had CTE yeah. which you know w- the degenerative disease that's linked to repeated blows to the head I mean that's just irrefutable evidence that <laughs> what they're doing is not
1: good he equates their attitude towards CTE like the Republican Party and Donald Trump towards climate change. Like, no, it just doesn't, right. it just doesn't exist. Like, uh,
0: you know, well, like tobacco. Yeah, there's no there's no connection. 99% is, is insignificant. Well,
1: yeah, and, and he, you know, talks about like cigarettes. Like for years, you know, there was a lot of science since the 1950s that cigarettes were bad for your health. And then, you know, the, the full extent of it became known. But... You know, they just, the, the tobacco companies were so powerful that uh, they just refuted it and had a lot of money for counter, you know, counter-advertising. But he does make the point, even they fell. So, you know, they're I mean, the, the tobacco industry was mammoth, and it had billions of dollars. But even they finally succumbed to public pressure, and it's not, I mean, it's a shadow of what it once was. Although they've come back in a big way with... Uh, you know, vape and, and all that stuff. Right. Um,
0: Which is found to be just, just as bad. Yeah.
1: But you know, it's funny, my,
0: you know, back in the early, mid nineties, my mother for a very brief stint worked for Philip Morris. And it was up in uh, Westchester, I believe it was their headquarters. And You know, this is a time when, you know, it was still, they were still very powerful making billions of dollars and they would, you could smoke, you could smoke at your desk. Like, so it was like 1950s mad men style, you know, work environment where, you know, and the majority of people would smoke at their desk and my mother didn't smoke, but the secondhand smoke was, was bad. And she was there for, she worked there for a year and then she couldn't take it anymore
1: yeah yeah um well another aspect this gets into about uh the nfl they call it the shield is kind of the brand of it and i guess any event you go to has replicas of of the nfl emblem which they call the shield it'll be on cakes and it'll just be everywhere he he equates it to scientology like you go into any of these places it's like a church and a religion and um they were referencing how I don't remember the name of the player, but he decked his girlfriend in the elevator. I think in Atlantic City.
0: Oh yes. Yeah,
1: they they yes. sat on the video, and then he got like a two game suspension or something like that. And it was just the you know biggest crock, and uh, you know, at, for, before the video came out, the extent of it wasn't known. And then I saw the video, and it's terrifying. I mean, he just knocks her out of the out of nowhere just and it, he's so big and fast and he just cleans her clock and then drags her out of the elevator and it was like it's all about protecting the brand it was
0: Ray, it was um it was Ray Rice
1: Ray Rice yeah yeah right and the,
0: yeah no i saw the video too and he just he, he i mean she just drops drops
1: like yeah it's awful and yeah, you know, they talk about like uh, Michael Vick with the dog fighting and and all these other people and and Aaron Hernandez had a very checkered history before he came to the Patriots and like you know all this like squeaky clean image and all this and that like you know they don't really care that much if they can squash things they will and it's all or if it gets too bad they'll cut somebody loose like it's all about protecting the brand like it's all they, they preach yeah, and
0: also too you'll you'll have. You'll have people, uh, you'll have you know guys or uh, you know whoever will defend the likes of a Ray Rice because he's a good football player. Right. You know they'll, it which to me is like pure insanity. Like he, this guy, he leveled his girlfriend. Leveled her. Like. And I mean you could make it the case that he's, you know, he's mentally disturbed. This happened because of all the hits that he's taken, but nobody's doing anything to first of all address that, and second of all, to just do anything about it. It's like you were it's it you're it's you know very similar to like climate change is you have ninety-nine percent of, of scientists that say that you know, climate change uh, humans are affecting the climate and the environment. And I think there was an article that just came out that we have 10 years to get our act together. Otherwise, we're going to reach a point of no return, which is wonderful. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> but we're all, you know, and and politicians and leaders around the world don't have the, you know, the courage, the strength, whatever you want to call it, to do anything about it or to mass the political support that they need to make these hard decisions. Everyone's just like, okay, let's dig another hole and stick our head in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's the same mentality. It's like, you know, business as usual. And people are very adverse to, uh, I was just talking to somebody about this last night, like very adverse to change, like doing things differently. Like, uh, you know, like we've always had football. They've always played it that way. Um, it was funny cause they were talking about a Patriots game just last week. They won. Uh, but according to these sportscasters, they didn't win correctly. They were using these trick plays and this and that, um, sort of like, well, isn't the objective to get the ball to the other end of the field and, and get it into the end zone? I mean, it's funny how people's, you know, you do need oftentimes somebody and teachers are like this police officers, firemen, people in media, people in film, tend to be just very traditional in their ways of thinking. And it's like to try to say to someone like, well, why don't we do it this way? You know, it's like you're always, not always, I shouldn't say, but oftentimes met with resistance. And there's no rational argument. It's just this is the way we've always done it. It's like... Oh, yeah, people are inherently terrified of change.
0: They don't want to, you know... They don't want to do things differently. They want to do it as they had
1: always done it before because there's safety in that. Well, you know, at the school where I teach, uh, last year, we had these desktop computers that were just slow as molasses. I mean, really, it was very frustrating dealing with them. So then we got, and I would always be pounding on the desk, kicking the chair, trying to just, you know, print a document or something kind of simple. And uh, then we were informed we were getting laptops. And then I was all pissy about that. Like, i got going to come in and take my computer. Well, the laptop is a dream. The thing is so much faster. <laughs> and I think, like, you know, I get caught in that, too. Like, I can't stand this desktop. It's, it's, it's so painful to try to use. But then hearing they're going to do something, now I'm grousing about that, even though, I mean, you, can, you bring this into politics and anything like that. Like, I don't have health care And I can't afford good health care, but I'm going to continue to vote for the party that wants to take away (laughs) what little health care I have. I will not vote for Bernie Sanders because he has the word socialism attached to him. I don't care if he's going to try to get me health care. I don't want it. Forget it. I'm still going to vote for Donald Trump. And Mitch McConnell, who's has this is not my opinion. Mitch McConnell says I'm going to take away. Uh, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, because it's socialized medicine, and we don't have that in the United States. That's it, and that appeals you know, to. Yeah, we don't. We don't have. We don't have socialized medicine in the United States, but we're but
0: we're okay with Medicare and Medicaid, which is socialized medicine, but it's always been right. there,
1: so that's okay. <laughs> you know, it was funny. This kid, uh and one now, granted, he's seventeen years old. He's not an adult, but. He said something about, you know, communi- like, well, that's communism or that's socialism. And I said, well, you're sitting in a public school. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, who do you think pays for this? And he was like, well, I said, tax money pays for this. Like, people who don't use this school pay for this. And I'm I'm all for it. I want my tax dollars to go to something like that. On a related note, to go back to the NFL, they're talking about, and this book was written in 2018. So he's referencing stuff from like 2016. Uh, they're trying to move one of the teams, or or somebody wants to move a team to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is offering to build them a a you know a coliseum, if you will, a sports stadium for hundreds of millions of dollars. And as the author points out, like the Las Vegas school system is crumbling, the infrastructure is crumbling. I mean, there's no money but people will put their tax money towards the stadium. What and in which they
0: you know they've done you know studies on it it's a it's a losing deal for the taxpayers. Losing deal. It's basically it's it's subsidized it's subsidized the owners of the NFL. Yeah. It's it's in, it's insane. Yeah.
1: I know. And one guy. All right. So. uh oh, Just let me finish. So well, let, uh, let me finish with this. Sure. Sure. They, they were doing this whole thing. The L.A. Rams moving to, to some or There was San Diego Chargers, something like somebody moving to L.A. And they were going to move to another city, but that city wasn't going to give them the tax breaks and all of that. I mean, the owner was enraged. He thought like he was owed this tax money to build his stadium. In, in one of the cities that could, could really use the tax base. But it's sort of like, but I'm gonna build you this, this, you know, sports arena that probably twenty years from now the team will move again and leave it sitting there and it's just really like, Wow, yeah, football. I mean you're talking about football. You you're not talking about
0: Well, basketball. I mean he feels he feels entitled to it because you know, if you look at the track record, everybody, all the owners get what they want. Yeah. They usually, these usually get passed. So he was indignant about it because, you know, again, going back to, you that's, know,
1: that's, that's how things work. That's yeah. how it, that's always, how it's always been. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess we should probably wrap it up there. We're at almost an hour. Uh, you could probably pull about five minutes of relevant conversation out of this, which is not bad for us. Uh, I think five is being Maybe. generous. Maybe about two minutes. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for hanging in there with us, everybody. And we will talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks everyone.
0: Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the working experience. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the still believe app, which creates HD videos of your favorite holiday characters in your home. Simply take a picture on your phone and they create the magic. We have Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. Definitely check it out on stillbelieve.co. It's also available on the App Store and Google Play. Okay, thanks everyone.